All right, here we go. Square Dance callers talking tonight. First of all, let me say this. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker. So here we go. Um, because I am very opinionated on this gentleman. I think he's one of the finest callers on the planet, and uh, he is a great friend. He may not have done everything in square dance, or square <laughs> dance calling, but he's pretty damn close. He owns record labels. He produces his own recordings. He produces other callers' recordings. He has taught countless dancers to dance. He is the gold standard of square dance callers. Don't stop me yet, Tony. Coaching square dance callers. He is an accredited Caller Lab caller coach. He has served on the board of Caller Lab for many years. He has the mecca of square dancing at Pride RV Resort in North Carolina. He is a square dance caller. He's a national caller. He's an international caller. And if intergalactic caller was a thing, he would be that also. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Oxendine. Tony, how are you, my friend? Oh, man. Well, I was doing pretty good. You said all that. Now, now I'm going to try to live up to some of that. <laughs> the intergalactic thing about three nights ago, and I said I'm absolutely going that direction. Because if we had to put somebody on a spaceship to go find other life, I said, well, we got to put Tony there so he can explain square dance to him. Sure, of course. He's a better person for that. Uh, so wherever you want to start, Tony, um, you've got a lifetime of it. Where are you from? Where are you at? What's going on, buddy? Oh, God, let's see. I'm, I'm originally from Sumter, South Carolina, a little small town right in the center of the state. Um, it's the home of Shaw Air Force Base, which is one of the larger, uh, at one time was the largest Air Force Base in the country. Okay. And pretty much that's, that's a lot of Sumter's, the air base. Uh, started dancing there when I was a teenager. I, I worked for the, um, I worked for the Parks and Recreation Department, did volunteer work for them with, with uh, teenagers and uh, worked at one of the local youth centers and, and one summer they had square dancing and so I don't know how, and I had no idea how it developed that we decided to have square dancing because that, so we decided to find, we need to find a caller. And uh, so we, we found this, uh, he was a dancer, wasn't even a caller, but he, he agreed to teach us. He had never taught and uh, his name was John Davis and great guy. I mean, just a great, great guy. He and his wife both, they owned a local bakery. Anyway, and uh, so we started dancing, we, and we danced every night of the, we danced every day, every afternoon. Uh, so we graduated in a month. Okay. But we danced five days a week. So we, we danced, you know, um, and so we graduated about a month or five weeks or so, and uh, it was, you know, in the course of a summer. And anyway, it was kind of cool because um, he wasn't a caller. And so he didn't know how to resolve. So I never knew, and, and through lessons, I, I never knew that you were supposed to get the same girl each time. You know, when he said, okay. you got the same, because we just Alaman left with whoever, whoever he said, and then, then you promenaded with whoever you got. And, uh, and so I didn't, until I, we heard some other callers call, we never knew that you were supposed to get the same person each time. Mm -hmm. He could not say, he, and he, I think he eventually learned one singing call. Um, gosh, I can't, it was, um, Folsom Prison Blues, I think was the okay. and uh, but he didn't do singing calls. So uh, again, I, I didn't until we heard other callers. We didn't know that singing calls were part of it too much. Uh, eventually, that's where I started because at, at that time I was in a band, and uh, so then I learned to do a couple of singing calls. And so then, then the way it would work, he would he would do the pattern. They get all mixed up, and then we would get back home, and then I would I would do a singing call. So I had I learned I don't know about a half dozen singing calls. 
Uh, we, didn't, we weren't buying them. These were old, old records he had that I guess he got from somebody because we weren't buying any records back then. Right. The first song I learned to, to sing was a, was a song called Whisper Sweet Nothings in Your Baby's Ear. And it was on, um, I think it was Longhorn label, which you've never heard of. Nope. Because it hasn't been around in, in 45 years or so. It was, it was an offshoot of Kalox, which you haven't heard of either. But back at back in the '60s and '70s, especially the '70s, Kalox was a pretty big, uh, big label back in those times. And then they had uh, secondary labels underneath them. So Longhorn was a secondary label under Kalox. Okay. You've you heard of either one of those? Sure, no, sir, I have not. And <laughs> there's a lot of those labels came up that were, they were really big back then. That that just went away. The the, the producer passed away or uh, or something, and they they just kind of went away. Yeah. But there were just all kind of. But anyway, that's. And uh, then back in the summer of 74, I started dancing in 72. And so in the summer of 74, he, he decided, Mr. Davis decided he wanted to, uh, to learn more about calling. And so he found a, a caller school. There was none locally that we knew of. And uh, he found one in Maryville, Indiana. And so he said, Tony, I'll, I'll pay for it if you go. I said, sure. So I went with him to the caller school. And, and I knew at that time, I knew one or two singing calls. And that was it. I knew no pattern. Uh, and, and bear in mind, now, this was at a time back then, too, now that, that pattern wasn't as important. That, you know, the, you didn't have many, there weren't many site callers. And so you didn't see the exotic choreography that you see now. It, it was, uh, you never saw guys didn't change the figure for the singing calls. Whatever, whatever, whatever figure was on the singing call, that's the figure that you used uh, always. There, there were one or two guys scattered about, but by and large, most of the guys that we saw, the club callers that we saw in South Carolina, that's the way that's the way they called. And uh, so we went there, and, and I, that's where I met. Um, that it was staffed by um, Dick Jones, Johnny Davis, uh, Dick Han, and Rich Shaber, uh, and all of those guys have passed away now. Uh, but Dick Jones was at that time one of the premier. Uh, national commerce. I mean, he was he was really really big time, and I just I never knew that you could sing and and do things like that. He he did everything. He sang. He yodeled. He whistled, and uh, and so I, that's that's who I started copying when I first started calling. That's that's the person I emulated. So when I came back home, um, me and this buddy of mine, because I, I didn't have much of a car back then because the band we weren't making a whole lot of money. So I had a I had a 66, I had a 66 Chevelle. This would have been in, this would have been in 74. Okay. And I had a 66 Chevelle wow. uh, that was, it was, it was ragged out. It was, you know, but anyway, but it was, you couldn't take it. You didn't want to take it and drive it to North Carolina. But I had this buddy of mine that, that was an airman on the base. Uh, in fact, he and I are still close friends. I just saw him uh, a couple of weeks ago to dance. His name is Joe Maxim. And uh, he had a, he had a new car. He had a Barracuda. Wow. Okay. And uh, so he and I, we started track. It wasn't anything for us to go on a Tuesday night to drive to Wilmington, North Carolina, Fayetteville, to see Dick Jones call and, and dance to him. And, and then and then I would tape him uh, on a reel-to-reel. -reel. Yep. And uh, and then we'd drive back home. And I'd go to school the next morning. We'd drive back you know, three or four or five hours. I'd get home at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm up at 8, and, and I'd go to school the next day. We did that for the, for the longest time. And, uh, but that's, that's, that's where I, who I started copying and, and still to this day, a lot of the routines and stuff that I do now is stuff that I, I stole way back then. That, that's, 
That's that's awesome, man. Um, and of course, all those callers are gone now um, because I ask everybody who their influences are. Um, you know, and because we we pattern, even though everybody's got their own style, and you absolutely have your own style, just like everybody else um, that have been doing it for a, a good while. Um, so you have, but you have your influences, and you kind of pattern yourself after someone. And and I've absolutely, uh, I've grabbed a lot of stuff thanks to YouTube from you. Ted, Justin, um, you know, Scott Bennett, you know, I see y'all doing patter. Trust me, it's popping up somewhere in Kennesaw about a week later. So <laughs> the, the hard part about yours is you do a lot of explaining while you're doing it. And it's very smooth because it's, 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 it's your way. Um, when I go out there and throw out something like the ladies, uh, ladies run this way, it just doesn't work because I, I haven't worked them to that point. And that's something that you've taught me over the years at schools and what have you. And just talking, you got to build dancers up to a certain point, um, even even at a dance. And um, so that's something I've learned the hard way a couple of times. You can't go in cold and say, all right, ladies cross run right to the ends there. You're good. And that's not going to work. You know, oftentimes I'll spend, uh, you know, we'll spend an entire tip or maybe I mean, several tips to just to work parts of one routine so that you can do the complete routine three or four tips later. Gotcha. Yep. So that, you know, you build parts, you build parts of it up. Uh, it's hard to explain that to guys because they, 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 they see the end result and they don't see what led up to it. So then when you try to do it cold without having, without having the parts beforehand and you just try to do the end result, a lot of times people miss because sometimes it's too, too hard. Yeah. I know. I, or, or too different, you know, with a mic in my hand, I've seen that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to all of us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so we went through that. Your um, your 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 beginnings. So you went on the road. So this this has been what you've done your whole life. Tell me about the road, man. Uh, well, I, I was in a band uh, in the seventies, and and I was in college, and uh, eventually it got to be. I was calling, and then I eventually I started calling for clubs when I came back, and and I had. I had, God, I had uh, four or five clubs at one time. And so I, so I found myself calling uh, every night of the week. Now, back then, clubs didn't dance every week. Most of the clubs in South Carolina at that time danced every other week. You know, so you'd have first and third Tuesdays and second and fourth Tuesdays and, and first and third Wednesdays, you know, that, that kind of deal. So you could have, I could have four clubs and not occupy every night of the week, essentially. Um, and so then I got to the point that, that I, was, uh, I, was, I was enjoying calling more than I was enjoying being in the band, kind of like it, it was, you know, and the band, we, we kind of, we were, we were good, but we weren't, we were, we were never going to be anywhere. You know, it was, it was that kind of deal. You know, we, we were good and we played locally, but it, that was about all. And, and I got to where I was really enjoying the calling and I, and I wasn't traveling at the time. I wasn't, cause I was in, you know, um, I would get the occasionally Friday or Saturday night booking that I could, you know, drive out and drive back, uh, I, I remember the first time, the, my first time I flew anywhere was 1980. Okay. The, the first time anybody paid me, they, they paid my airfare. Uh, and that would that was a, at a dance in, in West Virginia. Okay. And gentleman hired me, flew me, he flew me to Charleston, West Virginia. And I think maybe paid me $75 for the day. And, and probably airfare back then would have been $75 or so, I guess. Okay. Uh, that year I had two dances because I also did the, um, the New Orleans Festival. Right. Which flew, they flew me in, so I had two dances that that paid airfare. But typically, I was I didn't I didn't make a decision to go full time until 1980. 
Okay. So I, I called. So I therefore, you know, a lot of years or for five or six years, I had clubs. So I was calling club dances Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then I would, then I would leave and call Friday, Saturday weekends, you know, Friday and Saturday, come back home on Sunday or sometimes call on Sunday and then come back Monday and go back to school on Monday. Cause I'm still going to school full time. Right. And, and then I'm working every night. I, I had one of my clubs was, was uh, two hours away. My, 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 my every other Thursday night club, I forget if they were first and third or third and third. Uh, but one of my clubs on Thursday night uh, was was 116 miles away, so it was a two hour drive. Wow. Back then, and and because back then that was when the speed limit was 55. Uh, yep. And so, so it was a two hour drive, so I, and and we danced until 10, or maybe we might dance until 11. Because back then people danced three hours, so we may have danced eight to 11. So I'm getting home at two o'clock in the morning, you know, and then getting up and going to school. Going to school. Uh, and uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm burning up. I'm burning up the roads, man. I'm just, I'm just tearing up the roads. Uh, just driving, driving, and driving, and drive every day. You know, my nearest club, my nearest club was Hartsville, South Carolina, which was 40 minutes away, 40 miles away. And then I had a club in Columbia, which was an hour away. I had a club in Myrtle Beach, which was two hours away. Um, and then I had the club in, I had a club in Clinton, South Carolina, which is up near Spartanburg, which was that was two hours away. Okay. So then, so I'm doing lessons for these guys too, you know. So I got these clubs, and so my, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every loving week, you know. I'm I'm just calling and loving it, yep. you know. But it's, it's killing me, man. I, I, you know, trying to go to school the next morning. Uh, you know, it was so cool back then because if you think about it, you, you know, you're never going to make a lot of money calling back then. It was just you know, but so I'm but I'm making, I'm calling these club dances, and I'm making thirty, forty, fifty dollars a night calling for a club. Well, heck, the minimum wage back then was a dollar sixty. So I'm making, you know, I'm I'm bringing yeah. home, I'm bringing home. I would bring in a day what I'd bring home in a week because gas wasn't so bad back then. So it was really, it was really good. And then I then I started going, you know, I found out I'd, I'd book an occasional Friday and Saturday. And so somebody in I'd call a dance in in Asheville, North Carolina, and then somebody from Knoxville would be at the dance, and they would hire me to come back up there, like in in back then. They, now they hire you two and three years ahead. Right. And they hired you two or three months. You know, so then they'd hire me. So here I go. You know, then two months later, I've got a dance in. And I, I do a Friday night dance in Asheville. And then Saturday, I, I go I go to Knoxville. Well, then somebody in Chattanooga was at the Knoxville dance. So then I, I find myself going to, you know, so it keeps, branch, it keeps branching out. And I keep adding, you know, so then I got to where, well, I'll schedule this semester. I only go. To, I I do my classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, because uh, that was the way classes worked back at University of South Carolina. Yep. Back mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and yep. you had Tuesday, Thursday classes. So I started scheduling all of my classes on Tuesday and Thursday. So I had long days on Tuesday and Thursday, but I was off on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. So then I could now call on Sunday. So and I could call Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and come home on Monday, and then go to school on Tuesday all day. And then call Tuesday night, and then call Wednesday night, and and then all, all day school on Thursday, and then Friday I could drive out again, you know. And so my I kept bring, I kept going further and further away, and and so it wasn't anything for me to for me to drive do a dance on on Saturday night, uh, or Sunday night, and, yeah. and drive and drive seven or eight ten hours back home. But I was young back then; I could do that. Yeah. And you know, and I'm too old, too old for that now. But the I can't tell you the number of times that I did that. So, and then in, in 1980, 
it's when I decided to pursue it full time. And, and so then I started going, then I started touring where you get on, you get in your car and you drive, you, you know, you're gone a month or six weeks and you go all the way out to the West coast and come back or you go all the way up North and come back South. Wow. And so, you know, then I was going, I'm, I'm working. And back then I was literally, I was working, I was working 300 days a year, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a little more, but I, I was working almost every night of the week, uh, seven days a week and just bouncing around and getting home once every six weeks, seven weeks. That's amazing. That's a, that, that's a great story. Gosh, I was driving, I was driving, I was driving in excess of a hundred thousand miles a year. Jeez. I bought, I bought my first. I bought my first new car, my first new car in nineteen seventy eight, and and uh, and I bought a I bought a a an Olds ninety eight. Okay. Red. I remember that. Very nice. Okay. And and, and, I, and I drove it a year, and I had a hundred some thousand miles on. I had to trade it in. And when you drive a when you drive a car a hundred thousand miles, it's not worth anything. Now, right. cars weren't so expensive back in those days, but it was it was you know I'm going through a car a year just just burning them up. And you know, it wasn't just me. You know, I got friends the same way. You know, Larry Lessons doing the same thing. Story was doing the same thing back in those days. You know, you, you know what the most amazing thing to that because even at my age now and i grew up in the 80s and 90s oh well i grew up in the 70s and 80s cars wouldn't and cars broke down nowadays cars really don't break down some some will but if you change oil in a car it'll go five six seven eight nine ten years without really a problem back then Little wear and tear, you're going to break a car down. And you, you, know? change, you change the oil every every two or three thousand miles, two or fifty. Yeah, miles. the suspensions weren't made the same. You, you you beat a car to death in a year putting a hundred thousand miles. You're not going to get any more life out of it. That's my, amazing. My, my very first cross country tour was in was in 1976, and and I at that time I had a 1973 Monte Carlo Chevy Monte Carlo two door. And uh, and I had let me let me back up a little bit. My first national convention that I went to was in was in seventy five. Mm -hmm. I went to college school in seventy four. Seventy five. I went to my first national convention in in uh, Kansas City. And uh, and and I met the people running the thing. I mean, I'm a hotshot young guy. Long hair. I had long hair. You know, I, I had back then. I had like really long hair. Okay. I, had, I was. I was uh, God, when I cut my hair in 1976. I know these dates. And my hair was almost, when I cut it, it was almost to my waist when I cut it in 76. But even back then, you know, it was it was down my back. And and so I was the weird-looking Indian kid that, that could sing and could, couldn't do no hash, but it didn't matter back then. Right. So that was the first year that Hilton came out with the 300 amplifier. Okay. And uh, it, was the, it was the first year of it. And he had troubles with it. They were overheating and they were so, and back then Hilton, uh, Jim Hilton supplied the sound for the national convention. So he had, I don't know, dozens of these amplifiers. Well, they kept blowing up the, 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 the uh, circuit would, would, whatever circuitry would, would blow up and it would heat up and overheat and, and cut off. Anyway, so I bought one that was blown up, wouldn't play and it was $600. Oh my gosh. 
And I'll never forget. Now, wait a minute. I didn't have $600. Okay. The buddy, remember the buddy of mine I told you that had the, that had the Barracuda? Mm -hmm. He was a, uh, an airman in the Air Force. Okay. So he loaned me the money to buy my first amplifier that year at that, that national convention. And the way I paid him back was that I would give him, I would, I would give him 40% of everything I made calling until I paid it off. And that was the arrangement we had. So he, I wound up buying two Hilton speakers, two of those great big old stands and a, and a Hilton 300 at that national convention in 74. And uh, so now in 75, six, I'm calling for clubs and I'm, pay, I'm able to pay everything back. And I traded my 66 Chevelle and I got a 73 Monte Carlo, which is a big step up. Yeah, that's nice. So my first cross country tour, we're in my Monte Carlo. And, and uh, it was in June of 76. And my first cross country tour, my first dance was in, um, was in Kentucky, outside of Lexington, Kentucky at Levi Jackson State Park, which is near Lexington. Okay. It was a Saturday night, I made $75. Uh, my next dance was uh, was a week later, the next Saturday, in Omaha, Nebraska. Fortunately, I have relatives that lived in Omaha, so we went, we drove, we left there on Sunday and drove to Omaha, and we stayed with my cousin for a week. Okay. And I did a Saturday night dance in, in Omaha. And then I had a, I thought I had a, I get maybe a Wednesday or a Thursday dance in Denver. So we left Omaha, drove 10 hours to Denver to find out that, you know, Tony, you should get contracts for these things because I didn't have a dance. Oh, no way. Okay, so here, we are, here we are in Denver. Here we are in Denver. Now, thus far, and I'll admit, I had, I had a dance in Omaha. I made $75. So thus far, I've been gone 10 days and I've made $150. <laughs> and so we, we go to Denver, didn't have a dance. So we, we go to a dance and we dance. I get to call a tip, you know. And uh, so we leave, this buddy of mine and I, and we're running short of money now. So we decide to leave after the dance. So we're driving that night. Okay. And uh, we get through a little town called Rifle, Colorado, which is up in the mountains. I'm in the backseat asleep in my Monte Carlo. And uh, he's driving. He goes to sleep. He runs off the side of the mountain. So off we go down the side of a mountain. And uh, it wound up, it blows all four tires. And it, and, it, and it bends the rim. We, we run over rocks and stuff going down this mountain. And we, we, we bent the rims. And then we, we, we knocked the hole in the gas tank to where the gas tank had a big V in it. So you could, you could only run about a quarter of a tank of gas. So we finally get down, you know, and I got clothes and things are falling all over me in the back seat. And, and anyway, so we, we get out and, and he has an Exxon. We don't, we don't have a credit card. I don't have a credit card. He has an Exxon card. And so we find an Exxon gas station and, and they had ties to a junkyard. So we got four junk rims and we put four tires on the car. And that pretty much ate up our, what we had on the Exxon card, but we got the car working, but now my car, I can only run, it only burn. I can only access the, the top quarter of, of the gas tank. So I can only run a quarter of a quarter of a tank of gas at the time. Now we're in we're in Colorado on our way to Anaheim, California, which means you got to go across the desert. So here we are going across the desert at a, a quarter of a tank of time. So we'd have to stop regularly and and get gas. Uh, we we I'm, we made it to Vegas. I got to see the lights of Vegas, but we couldn't stop because we didn't have any money. You know, pretty much. Okay. We get we get to Anaheim where the national convention is because and we'd already paid for the hotel room back then. You paid in advance for things. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so we'd already paid for the hotel room. So that was all paid for. So we get to the nationals and we have a great time. And, uh, and then we take some, some dancers back to the airport on Sunday night after the convention. And, and then we leave because I have a dance now on Tuesday. This is Sunday. I'm in Los Angeles, Anaheim. My Tuesday night dance is in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So off we go driving nonstop, quarter of a tank of gas at a time from, from, uh, Anaheim to, to Lake Charles. And so we flip flop driving and we couldn't stop. I mean, we left, we left there. We left uh, LAX at about nine o'clock on Sunday night. And we pulled into these people's house in Lake Charles at like one o'clock Tuesday afternoon. I do a Tuesday, I do a Tuesday dance and I make $75 that night. Had about 20 squares. Bear in mind now I had, I had about 20 squares. They, they, but back then they're paying like a buck a person or a buck a couple. You know. Anyway. So I do the dance, and the next day, on Wednesday, we drive back to South Carolina, quarter of a tank of gas at the time. So make a long story short, I was gone. I was gone two and a half weeks. I went all the way to California and back. I had a total of three dances, my first cross-country tour. Uh, we, dro we drove about 5,000 miles. I had three dances and made a total of $225. Oh, my gosh. That was, that was, my, that was my first tour. <laughs> That's honest to goodness true. That is fantastic. Gosh. Man, that you don't you won't hear any more stories like that. Not anymore with the callers uh, today, you know. Yeah, it is. You know, for the guys like Hunter and 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 Justin and these guys that were getting out and starting to travel and and yeah, it's th those days are they may come back. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows? It may come back. But right now it, it's not a it's not a good good climate to try to get in your car and drive around and, and make money calling square dancers. Yeah. It's, it's not a good climate for it right now. I think, I think you could do it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to get in my car and drive all over the world again. I'm right. too old. But but I think if if a guy was talented enough, mm -hmm. uh, and there are guys out there doing it. There are guys out there still driving and and making. You know, they're not setting the woods on fire, but they're making a living. I think you can go out and you can make a living doing it. Okay. It'd be tough. It'd be tough. Yeah. You'd be working hard. You know, and you'd have to sacrifice. You'd have to stay with people instead of staying in hotels. Yeah. And and you couldn't drive a gas-eating big old you know SUV. There's ways there's ways around it, but I think you could. That, that's the biggest thing I find just around like when I just go into Florida or whatever. If you want to stay in a halfway decent hotel, it's you know two hundred dollars a night, and yeah. that, and you're not going to make that much at most dances sometimes. Yeah. You know, so it, it's it's tough. It would certainly be a lot of work to get out there and do that. I can when I, when I was when I used to travel, what I would do. There was a couple of trips that we used back in the day, uh, back in the in the in the eighties, uh, when um, God, what the uh, Fairfield Inn mm -hmm. that was just starting, they used to put an ad in USA Today, and and you could one month it would be it would be twenty five dollars or thirty dollars, and you, they had these coupons that you could get a, a, a Fairfield Inn for either 25 or $30. So what I would do is then I would go buy 30, 40 newspapers. Mm -hmm. I say today's because back then they, they were a dime, mm -hmm. 15 cents and clip that thing out on the back. So then I could stay in a, in a, in a kind of a nice hotel for $30. What I would do oftentimes, because I've, I've had my share of staying in hotels where, where, you know, the rent by the hour kind of place, you know, you hear the coming and going both sides. And, and, and what I would do a lot of times is like you say, I would drive to Atlanta 
and, and call a dance for you. And, uh, and my next dance would be, say, in, let's say, in Louisville. So then I would leave the dance with you on at 11 o'clock on Saturday night. And then I would drive all the way to Louisville and get there at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. And then I would check into that hotel in Louisville and check it at 6 o'clock in the morning. And then I, essentially I can get two nights sleeping. In. So then I sleep for a couple of hours. I go out and climb around, do my dance in Louisville, and then drive to wherever my dance is the next day, but then drive back to Louisville, drive, drive back to that hotel. Okay. So I could stay, stay in the same hotel, sleep twice for the price of one of one night, essentially. But I got to drive all night to get there. And, but you know, there's little, that's, we had to do stuff like yeah, that. No, no, no. It's, you got to be creative, man, for sure. Uh, yeah, you know, or I'm, if you're staying in, I'm, I'm staying, I can remember. Uh, I don't stay with people anymore. You know, that even my friends joke with me because I go visit my kids. You know, I, all of my kids live out of town. If I go visit my kids, I stay in a hotel room. So I, I don't stay with anybody. So none of my friends can get mad at me for not staying with them if I go visit. And then now they visit me. I just don't like staying with people. So I stay, I stay in hotels. But back then, that wasn't the case. I would stay with people. And I've had just some terrible experiences staying with people. I, I'll never forget. I was staying with these, these people. I forget what it was. I think it might've been in Florida and I did the dance and we go out after, you know, you always go out afterwards and eat, you know, so you go out and you eat and then we come back and we talk and we, yada, yada. and I go back and, and I'm in this room and, and it's dark, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's pitch black, dark room. Well, I guess the door is cracked and you still, and they have a cat. I don't know. They have a cat. Apparently I'm in the cat's room. And in the middle of the night, and they got this, it's a big cat. In the middle of the night, this cat just jumps up on the bed onto my chest. And I wake up in a pitch black room. I've got this weight on my chest. I feel this fur. And, and you know, I almost panicked. You know, it, that's, a, that's a scary feeling. Yeah. You know, I, I, I stayed with people. So anyway, it, I just don't stay with people anymore. I understand. I understand. No. I've had some, some, some really... Uh, I stayed with these people one time and, and I got there, I, I got to the, we did the dance and well, I, I came to the, we, they took me to his house before the dance and they were doing construction on his house and they lived in a, in a, in a split level. So, you know, if you, you walk in, you have an option of walking up or, where they, or down. Well, everybody was down. Everybody, everything was down there. So they had a kitchen down there. They had a couple of bed bedrooms and this was in, this was in, in December, the, the latter part of December, right? You know, maybe the 20th or so, getting close around Christmas time. Okay. Go down there, and, and the, the lady, the, the lady is, is uh, they got this great big German shepherd that stays in the house, and, and the lady is taking Thanksgiving turkey and carving it for dinner that they had in the refrigerator. Now, this is the 20th or so of December, and she's carving Thanksgiving turkey that's a month old. <laughs> And so she's, 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 and I'm a dog lover now. So I, I mean, I have a dog in here in the office, me out, but you know, so she's petting the dog and then carving the turkey and petting the dog and carving. And I'm thinking, well, now I got to figure it. So I know I'm not going to eat, you know, so then I tell the people, listen, you know, I, I don't eat for dance. And, and so we go do the dance and, and man, I'm starving by the time. And so then I, then I know it. And I come back and they want me staying in this room. It's obviously the dog's room. There's there's dog hair all over the bed and 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 it's just terrible. And, and I finally just told myself, guys, listen, I'm flying out of here in the morning. Just take me to the airport and I'm gonna stay in the airport tonight. Okay. 
And, and so that's what they did, you know, and, and they got mad at me, which is, which is okay, I guess, you mm -hmm. know, but I was, and, and stayed at, spent the night in a chair in the airport and flew out the, flew out the next morning. So, so now I don't do that. You're right. Uh, hotel rooms are, are scary. God, we're just in New York. The rooms in New York are just unbelievable. All right. Ooh, oh, ooh, man. I mean, it, you, you won't get anything for $200 a night. Three, four. Oh, yeah, 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 no, not in the city. No, man, we we were we, we were at, I mean, right now we were in Times Square. I mean, right where everything was happening. Oh was, gosh, oh, we had, we had a good time. We had a good time. That's awesome, man. And that was just vacation. She just went down. My, my wife, my wife loves New York, and so we went down. We saw we saw a, a show. We saw uh, Neil Diamond's beautiful uh, Neil Diamond stories called "The Beautiful Noise." Okay, saw that, and then we uh, went out and had, we had German one night, and then the next night we had Chinese. And the next day we went to the show and then we came home. Outstanding. And we did the tourist thing. We took a bus trip around New York and we did the whole tourist thing. It was, it was fun. And and that's, it's good that you get out and you do stuff, not square dance. Um, and I like to ask too, um, just so traveling, that's your pastime. You like to get out, not square dancing? Yes. We, we, okay. we, Kim and I, we, we like we like concerts, so we, we travel around a lot to concerts. You know, okay. one of the benefits of traveling a lot is that you accrue a, a ton of, of air miles yep. and, and hotel nights. Okay. Yeah, I learned a long, long time ago to, as far as travel is concerned, I concentrate one airline, one hotel, one car rental agency. Since everything, you know, pretty much everything's the same price. Most airlines... They're within dollars of one another mm -hmm. and, and hotel comparable hotels are within dollars of one another. And same with rental cars. So I go for the perks. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so we, I have a lot between, between the two of us, cause she goes with me. Like we have a lot of air miles and a lot of hotel miles. So we, we cash in miles and, and we'll go somewhere to see a, a, a concert that we like. So there, there've been times uh, this year that I was talking to somebody the other day, just, uh, on at least two occasions this year, um, we've done three concerts in three states in six days. Very nice. Well, we work hard. You know, we work hard, and 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 that's what we like to do with our you know, a lot of you know some people buy fancy jewelry and everything, and yeah. we like concerts. So we we go and see the groups that we like to go see, and yeah. like some groups that I don't like, I like some groups that she doesn't like, and we just kind of. Go with each other. Back and forth. Very nice. It's better than going to a movie. Going to a concert is much better, I think. No, we, no, we, we go to movies, too. We, we have okay. a movie night about once a week. We have a movie So now, and, and I started asking folks that, um, what, what's some of your favorite movies? What's your genre of movies? My favorite movie of all time is called The Cutting Edge. Probably never heard of it. No, but I will after tonight. The Cutting it's Edge. About, the Cutting Edge. It's about, it's about a, a hockey player that got injured. Uh -huh. And... And a an Olympic ice skater, and and the two of them get together. Okay. And you just froze on me. All right, had a little bit of internet issue there for a minute on my part. Tony, you were telling me about the Cutting Edge movie that is your favorite. But it is. It's it. It was like I say. It was it's about a hockey player who got injured. I think maybe he hurt his eye or something. And 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 a. An Olympic figure skater, and, and they and the cool thing about this movie is they they never kiss. You know they're going to get together. It's one of those love stories. It's, it's like a romantic comedy. You know they're going to get together. They don't get together until the very last 
two minutes of the movie and they finally kiss. Yeah. Very late. And so, I mean, it's just, it's stretched out. One of my favorite, one of my favorite movies, that one and the American president is probably my other favorite. One. American president. Okay. Yeah. Good Although I just watched, I just watched one on the, on the plane today. That was really good. Uh, um, Tom Hanks, uh, A Man Called Otto. That was pretty good. I have, I know the one you're talking about. I have not seen that either. Oh, but it, it's, it's sad. It, I, Is it? Oh, I, I hate sad movies. I'm not going to watch that on the way to Reno. I'm not going to start off the weekend with that. So, When are you coming? Well, we're going to uh, Color Lab, of course, for yeah. Reno. Um, oh, Saturday? Yes. Okay. Um, we're coming out. We'll, we'll come out Saturday. Are you going out before that? Well, yeah, yeah, I was originally coming out on Saturday, and it was one of those, uh, you know, open your mouth and 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 here you go. I was talking to some friends of mine uh, back in um, in January, February, January, I guess, maybe February, and they're from Vegas. So I've, I've been knowing these guys for 30, 40 years. Great, great guys. And they're about to square up and came to the weekend I did. And uh, we got to talking about Call Lab in Reno, and they said, well, listen, you come to Reno, you should come and call for us in Vegas. I said, well, I'd love to, you know. Because thinking, I'm thinking to myself, well, it'd be easy to get from home to Vegas to Reno back. It'd be easy. Mm -hmm. and, and it just wasn't. It was um, trying to get a flight from flying to Vegas was easy enough. I can fly nonstop to Vegas. It's getting from Vegas. Because my original intent was, well, okay, I'll come and do this dance on Saturday night. And then I'll drive up to, um, to Reno on Sunday. Okay. Because I got to be there at 12 o'clock on board the governor meeting. So I thought, so I'm well, heck, it's it's an eight, almost an eight-hour drive. Yeah, it's not it's not short. So then, well, so then I said, well, so I started looking at airfares, and um, and on American, if I flew on American, I'd have to leave at like at like dark thirty, oh. and, and then go to Phoenix, and then barely make it in to, to Reno in time. The other option was to fly on uh, one of the uh, on um, I forget which one it was now uh, the the spirit or, or or blue oh what's the, what's the blue one anyway yeah 49 dollars. i thought well no that's that's not bad non-stop so that's not bad but then I, then they charge you like a hundred dollars for carry-on and, and another 150 dollars for your for your suitcase i thought well then it's then it's not that good of a deal and you know so i was looking on expedia trying to figure out something well wound up uh, for some reason, expedia and and stuff they don't put southwest flights on there for what reason i don't know okay but I got to think, I thought, thinking to myself, I said, well, maybe Southwest flies. And so I checked. Well, sure enough, Southwest flies nonstop from, from uh, Vegas to Reno. So I was able to get a, I was able to get a, a reasonable flight at a, reasonable, at a relatively reasonable time. So, so it'll work out great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to go and see some good friends of mine and, and call. I haven't called in Vegas in, gosh, the last time I called in Vegas, Charlotte was in the Super Bowl, whatever year that was. Okay. That's been a couple of years. That's nice. So it's been a while since I've been to Vegas. So I won't get I won't get a chance to do anything because I'm gonna fly get there like mid afternoon and then I call that night. Then I got to go to bed because I gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning so to catch a flight. And call the lab's busy for you for sure. Yeah, um, it'll be okay. So um tell me at record labels. How many do you have right now? Well, I only have Royal. Uh, <laughs> Ted and I Ted and I have total. Total, yep. But you, you've done one on total. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, that's, that's the only, that's the only ones I have. Okay. I've been associated with Royal now since the, since the mid-80s when me and Jerry's story started it back in 85, I guess. Okay. 
and you've put out, well, I say countless, that's a ridiculous word. Obviously, you could count how many, but you've put out a lot of recordings uh, on your label and on other people's yeah, labels. I've recorded on a lot of labels. Right. You know, what, um, it, just, just to throw it out there, it was just off the top of your head, what are some of your favorites that you've done? The favorites that I've recorded? Mm-hmm. My first would probably always be my favorite. It, it was also my hardest, and okay. it's, one, it's one you've never heard of. What was uh, it? Was it was on it was on Ranch House, which back in the the day back in the eighties was a it was a in the seventies was a big label. Back then, it was one of the major labels, and the song was called Hitchhike. Hitchhike, okay. And you've never heard of it? Nope. It was it was recorded by um. Oh shucks, I forget who even did it now. But uh, it, it took me, I flew, it took me forever to do the vocal. I mean, I, we were in the studio a half a day because I kept messing up the vocal. It was, here again, you remember when I told you when we were talking earlier that, you know, I, back in, in 74 and I went to college school and, and I didn't do much patter. Well, this is 1976 and I'm still not doing a whole lot of patter. I can do scene calls now, but yeah. I didn't have a lot of patter. And so then when, when Daryl McMillan asked me to, to come down and do a vocal, do, and I mean, that was a big deal. Back then, it it was a this would have been 1976, so that was a, was a major thing to be on a recording label, especially one of the big ones back then. And so he wanted me to come in and call a dance on set beforehand. I said, "Okay." Then I'm then I'm, then I'm a bucket of nerves because okay, here, here this is 76 now, so I'm flying. I am flying to to uh, Panama City Beach, Florida. Okay. So, so now I'm thinking, well, I don't want to ask him if he's going to have equipment, so. I carry my amplifier, so I, I can can carry one of these big old Hilton 300s, and and my my, my record case. And I got my Hilton in my record case, hoping he's got a speaker, and and knowing that that my hash was just you know he's gonna I'm thinking he's gonna hear my hash and he's not gonna want me to record for him, right? Because uh, back then, like I say, you know, patter wasn't important to to most dancers they were they weren't as choreographically conscious as they are now but but you know good callers knew good good choreography and, and daryl was a great caller back then still is and, and so he's gonna know that that i can't call i can't call a damn lick i can sing and that's it but you know i got through the dance and and we did and we got went to the studio and 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 we just over and over and over and it took me forever to put the vocal down on this thing but that that'll that'll probably always be my favorite because it was my first right okay. and I, I can remember it i can remember i can remember the studio i can remember the drive down to the studio because it was about a it was about an 80 mile drive to the studio uh and you know sitting in the car with daryl talking and i'm just nervous and, mm-hmm. and it was it was really it was a real experience back then well, probably, Go ahead. My second one would probably be um, one of the first ones that Jerry and I, I guess Brown Eyes, the first one we did on, on Royal. Back then, we we went uh, just dumber than two rocks. We didn't know we didn't know a thing about doing music. We didn't we didn't know a thing. And, and, that was, and Brown Eyes, uh, I take that back. Brown Eyes was not the first one we recorded. The first one we recorded was. Um, Morning Sky. Morning Sky. Okay. I think I think that was the first one. It might have been Brown Eyes. It's one of those. Back in back this is one of those. But that was that would have been the, that first session when we did Brown Eyes and Morning Sky and and The Pride is Back, which didn't sell it. The, that was my that was the first one I did by myself on Royal. It was called The Pride is Back. 
And there are, if we hadn't destroyed them, there was probably more records after it, it didn't sell anything. And, and I, I think it, I think it reproduced. I think there was more around at the end than we pressed at the beginning, but, wow. <laughs> but that, that whole session, that was, uh, that was real special. Well, if I can, it, I'm certainly not trying to pass anything on to you, but let me say this. If you could have told that story to me when we, I went to your, your first with TOTL, yeah. if you could have told me the story about you having trouble with the vocals, that would have gone a long way with me before opening to the studio with you. Um, because, and, and people wouldn't know this, but to keep me level, to keep me where I'm at, you were in the other one singing in my ear the song that I was recording just so I would stay there. So uh, I was a bundle learner, so I understand that. But your next school coming up to, next year, if you could pass that on to one of the callers, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, you, you know, you, you get, you get a little jaded and, and I, and I do, I do forget how, how intense that is for, for guys that have never been in the studio. That's, that's a, that's a lot to, to, that's overwhelming. It's a lot to comprehend at one it time. It is. Yeah. Um, and just with, with, with no musical ability, I can't play an instrument or anything like that. And I've been um, learning to call for tw 10 years now. Uh, yeah. And going out there, sitting with you and Ted, um, Scott and Shauna watching the band put the music together the first night and then us every day working on lyrics and working on just calling stuff. Uh, and then it's like, hey, this is it. This is this is what you came here for. And you walk into that booth you know, <laughs> and there's there, there's five or more people staring at you from the other side. And you're just like, where am I? I, I don't know what my sound what I sound like. So it, it is it is uh, nerve wracking for sure. I, I will say this. I couldn't have had a better time. It was one of the best weeks I've spent in all the, the years that I've had now in calling. Um, we're getting to record a song and uh, putting it out, having you and Ted there who. that I, I can't tell you what the respect is, but it's just there's no higher level. Um, and to have you all there to be on the first song that I ever did was phenomenal. And I know all the other callers that were there uh, feel the same way. And I'll tell you that. So, and, you know, that that tune, that, that whole session, it, there's a lot more to it. You, you know, nowadays, anybody, you know, there, there are just a ton of, of people recording music now because music is it's from years past. It's, it's a lot cheaper now to make music than it's ever been. Yep. And and. Uh, but back when 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 I first started, you know, the only place you found music, you had to get band, you had to get live pickers, live bands, you know. And you went to Nashville, or, or like Wade had a group, and Wade had a band in Houston, um, and, and there were a couple of other guys that that like Mac Lesson had a, had a band down in Muscle Shoals, but that was where you found the, the musicians. And and recording music back then was not it was expensive to do the music, and then it was expensive to produce the music, putting it on vinyl. You know, that was that was an expensive process too and so you didn't have as many as many people recording back then as you do now now there, there are a lot of guys recording but you were one you were very fortunate in fact because i and i'm biased in actually i'm biased okay but but i think the best music the best square dance music in the world comes from nashville tennessee absolutely that's, that's not a slam on any other label that's just one man's opinion and admittedly i'm biased but but I think there is a sound that comes from those studios in Nashville when you when you have the live pickers uh, picking together and 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 when they when it all comes together and and 
to try to explain this to somebody that has never seen it, it's, you know, people don't believe when you tell them, okay, listen, these guys are going to take, I'm, I'm going to play a song that they've never heard. And this guy's going to give them a piece of paper that's got numbers on it. It's not notes. It's going to be numbers. And they're going to hear this tune one time. They're going to go back and then they're going to play it, you know, and, and they're going to play it most of the time. They play it perfectly the first time. Absolutely. Yep. And, and the only time, and so we very seldom we have to do what's called overdubbing. We have to come back and have somebody go back and do their part over. Generally, when they do it the first time, it's done. And then the only thing you have to add then would be if someone's adding new fills or new leads or something. But there's very little overdubbing that has to be done. But but to explain that to, to people, so your experience in, in recording music is different than 99% of the callers that have been out there now that have never experienced going into a professional studio with professional musicians. These are the guys, you know, when you, you walked in and, and and your fiddle player is the, is the current CMA musician of the year. Yep. Uh, you've got you've got your bass player was one of the was one of the original bassists on on, the, on all of the Alabama songs. These guys these guys there's a litany of, of the guys that they have played with uh, for many years. Our drummer no he's he's no longer our drummer, but for many years the, the our session drummer was was the drummer for um bye bye Miss American Pie um what's his name um, oh you you froze me um Don. Don, Don McLean, I, the same drummer. These, you know, so to, and, and all of these guys. When you go in the studio and you listen to these guys, when you hear the fiddle player talking, well, yeah, I was, I was just talking to Blake the other day. Yeah, and you realize he's talking about Blake Sheldon, yeah. and 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 or, or she's saying she's saying because um, she also plays. She also plays with um, with uh, oh, shucks, the rock and roll group uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Um, um, Steven Tyler, yeah, his, his solo, yep. Yeah. And and like you know, the first time we went in, she she's talking to Stephen Powell. She said, she says, "Hell, I'm doing square dancing," you know. And, yep. and so that's to to be in that environment. Yeah, and, and, and walk right. Now, but but ninety percent of the callers in the world have never seen something like that. Right. You know, a lot of the guys that that do that do music now, uh, they do it without ever having seen the inside of a studio. They know people that know people. Which is the, which is the way you do. That's the way you do business now. You know, you got you know somebody that knows somebody that can do this, and and you don't you don't need to be there now. Right. Uh, whereas if you go if you go a square dance song and he can do it, you know you don't need to be there holding his hand. And he puts he and he puts out a quality product. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a great product, and and a lot of producers are, are using him now. And but but a lot of these guys that are using these, they've never seen the inside of a studio. To see how it actually works, and and watch the guy actually move the knobs, mm -hmm. and 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 do everything, and watch the guys physically play, and and then it, that's the musicians. The artist of the year is playing on fiddle, my song that I've picked out, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wait, I'm the guy that was on the documentary, you know. Of course, I'm not Steven Tyler, but yeah. that yeah. being said, I'm sitting there watching all this happen, and then you know, then I'm putting lyrics on it, and. Uh, it's a hell of a week. It's a good time. Um, and so uh, you've got another one coming up. When, when, is it May of next year or it's March? May of this year. May of this year. Yeah, it's it's Memorial Day weekend. Starts on, starts I, 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 forgot, I forgot what year. Okay, yep. Record, record, record music on Thursday. Thursday morning we record music. Wow, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's an experience. Yeah, it's, for, it's, for the folks that are going to that, man, I, I, that they get to watch this before they go. 
Um, it's a hell, it's a great time. It really okay. is. And we got a couple openings. They want to go. We still got a couple openings. Okay. I will talk to Marcia tonight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once we once she gets her internet back on her TV, she'll be more likely to. Um, you got the shirt. You got the shirt already, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I got the shirt. No, uh, you took mine. I, I'll tell you, it's um, of course I, I do get the experience. Uh, I listen to my song um, that we recorded Troubadour uh, a lot, and but when we went to a dance in Macon a few months back, and you did not tell me, and this is a story I'll tell, and. You went up there and you said, I'm going to do a song that was recorded at TOTL. And you're going through that. And I really thought you were going to do Sign, Seal, Deliver. <laughs> and, and I was out there dancing and I was getting ready to dance. And I was like, and I looked at Marsh and I said, he's going to do Sign, Seal, Deliver. He's going to do Sign, Seal, Deliver. And then you said, the guy who recorded it is in this room. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to do Troubadour. And uh, so I ran out, recorded it. And that was like when, when you hear the 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 singer say the first time I was riding on the road, I was riding in my truck and my song came on the radio. Hearing you do it was just a, a, amazing to me. Um, and that's something I'll always remember. I've got it on my Google Drive. I'll listen to it about once a week now <laughs> when I'm riding around. Um, so you got TOTL. We got that. Um, I, I've seen it because I know the concerts you go to. What's your favorite genre of music, not swear dance? 70s rock and roll. 70s rock and roll. Doobie Brothers, number one. Doobie's number one. Okay. Um, my wife's favorite group is Sticks. Sticks, okay. We and we see both of those groups generally several times each year. Fantastic. Okay, I kind of thought about that. Um, because uh, I've seen you post that stuff on there. What else? Did I, have? I had something else. Oh. Um, and we'll get into it. Like I say, I, I, I've got no time constraints. I know you've been traveling all day, so I don't want to keep you forever. Um, uh, the Pride RV Resort. What do you want to know? Um, I will tell you this. Uh, I was talking to Jet a while back, and um, I'd heard about Pride. Never went went last year for the first time uh, for your plus week with Jack Platties and Ted Lazat, and it's a phenomenal week. Um, of dancing and just getting to have, spend time with y'all also and the dancers you have out there that come out that are regulars, I'm sure. Um, but it is a good time. You have several weeks of square dancing out there. Just tell me a little bit about that for the people that are listening that want to dance. Let's see. I think this year, I think we have nine square dance weeks and a round dance week. Everything starts up uh, mid-July. I think the first one is going to be a week of uh, an A2 blast with uh, with Jet Roberts, who I think is one of the finest advanced callers to put, pick up a microphone. Uh, right after that, I think we're going to have a, a, a C1 blast with Daryl Lipscomb. If you've never danced with Daryl Lipscomb, uh, just absolutely phenomenal caller. He's one of my favorite one of my favorite callers. Good, good, good friend. Um, then at the end of the month, I think we have a, an A2 week with uh, Sandy, uh, Sandy Bryant and uh, Billy Harrison. Bill Harrison, yep. Two, two more, two more of my favorite people. Billy is one of those guys, uh, even now, even today, still, if I have a choreographic question, uh, oftentimes I'll call Billy. Uh, okay. Uh, Billy, Billy can explain things to me and not talk over my head. I, I call some of these guys and I ask them a question and then they, they explain it to me and then I'm dumber after I get off the phone with them than when I started. 
Billy, Billy is really good at explaining it to me. Uh, and, and he's been that way for years. He's always, he's been my go-to guy uh, uh, for, for a lot of years with that. Let's see. And then, uh, then Jet's going to be up there the first week or so of March with uh, Ted Kennedy doing a week. And then as a plus week. And then right after that, uh, Ted, Jack, and I will be doing a, a plus week with intro to plus DVD. Seems to be a, a level that everybody enjoys and, and likes and wants to learn. I'll be there for that. And and then the following week after that is going to be a full bore plus DVD week, not for the fact of heart. Uh, and then uh, on into the second week of September, Bob Asp and Kurt Braffitt are doing a, a plus week. And then we'll close it out with a week of rounds in mid-September with uh, my favorite, one of my favorite round dance leaders in the world, Barbara and Wayne Blackford. They're one of the first... They hired, they hired me one time. They were the only round dance club to ever hire me to come in and do squares between rounds. Wow. Very nice. Okay. Yeah, I've called for them in Jacksonville. So they, they've been dear friends of mine for years. So that's our full schedule. We're really proud of it. Our hall is, uh, we have a floating wood floor. We have, God, I have no idea how many tons of air conditioning we have, but we have enough we can freeze you in there. Yeah. Uh, our floor is actually, our claim to fame with our, with our floating wood floor is, uh, is, um, Years ago, uh, the the part the original partners in Pride were were me, uh, Jerry Story, Larry Letson, and uh, Everett Curley were the original uh, partners. Okay. And uh, and well, and and Larry retired, and and as you know, Jerry passed away a couple of years ago. So it's it's just the two of us now. But uh, Everett is he's the one he's the brains and and everything behind the whole idea of it. He has a construction company here in Charlotte, and, and they did all the all the building. He built the Pride Center, and the floor in the Pride Center. Everett for many years was involved in um, with uh, with several uh, gold gems scattered around North Carolina. He was involved with the wrestler Ric Flair. Okay. So he and Ric Flair were very good friends. So this 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 floor that that we have in the in the Pride Center now is, is from one of those gyms. So I claim to fame is Ric Flair has perhaps walked on this floor more than more than one occasion. But we, we, we have a floating wood floor. I think we have the best sound of any square dance hall that I've ever been in. And, I, and I've been in a lot of square dance buildings that designed just for square dancing. Uh, Jerry Story designed this sound initially when we first uh, built the building. Uh, Jerry was the one that came up with the idea of the speaker placements and what type of speakers. And and I think personally, again, I'm biased, but but I think it's the it's of it's the best sounding square dance center that I've ever been in. It, it serves at several other things. So we it's also a church. We have church services there on Sunday. We have all kind of meetings there throughout the year, and and people rent it for other for other venues, thus stuff. Um, and our park is great. It sits um, we're sitting right in the valley, in in, in up near beautiful Waynesville, North Carolina, about 20 miles from Asheville. Uh, we have uh, 155 uh, RV sites, and we have, um, well, let's see, we have three, six, seven or eight cabins and a, and a half dozen or so park model trailers. Um, so we have one and two bedroom models. So if you don't camp, you can still come and stay. We've we got a place for you to stay. If you can't, we'd love to have you come camp. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a little slice of heaven, I think, and 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 the dancing is. You're right, the dancing is really really nice. There's nothing like doing a square dance week where you have the same people uh, two or three times a day. You dance every every day. We have a couple of workshops and an evening dance, and and the 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 people develop friendships and bonds. And they, and not only that, but, but then the dance level 
uh, as the week goes on, the people they 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 get so they dance so well together. So the, the dance level on on Thursday on the final night is unbelievable compared to what Sunday was. Right. Watch watch the watch how people get they get better. And uh, so yeah, that's it's 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 kind of cool. We we enjoy it. I'm, I'm looking for our season starts in a couple of three months, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we stayed in the cabin when we came up uh, last August, and uh, really good time. Um, Trying to drink uh, a lot of bourbon that week. Uh, we we did have. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about the after parties. We can. Um, well, uh, I, I, just, I just heard. I, 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 yeah, you heard. You heard all right. Someone told me you guys you guys drank a lot that week. Uh, I, I tell everybody. I'm in bed by ten, so. I tell everybody, and I'll go ahead and say it again. Uh, and if they watch these podcasts, they've heard it. And I'll say it real quick. Um, the whole cruise you have coming up in 2023. 24. 24. 2024. Next um, yep. Next year, um, we were in Pittsburgh, and uh, we were sitting in the lobby. And, you know, when y'all were talking to me about that, and, and uh, Jack said, you know, it's me, Tony, Justin. And I was like, yep, I'm in. Count me in. And uh, so I just thought that was the greatest thing. And uh, so you've done a lot of cruises, you were telling me earlier. Oh, yeah, we've done a ton. I love I love cruises. We, in fact, we just, uh, Kim and I and, and Jack and, and his wife, Sherry, just went on one, just, just the four of us back in, in February. We just went. Okay. Well, man, I'm looking forward to that. Tony, let me say this. Uh, Love you as a call. You're fantastic. You're a great friend. Uh, we could do. We could go on for hours. And so, what I want to do is probably in about three or four months, I want to do another one of these, and we'll talk more with the stories. We'll tell more of the stories. We'll talk about what happened in Macon to me and you a couple of nights ago. We won't get into that tonight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it started off really good. Uh, it, it ended great too. I will say that too. Um, but uh, so there's a lot more stories. Uh, you are gold standard, if, if that's a term. Um, and uh, I appreciate all you've done for me as a caller and uh, absolutely for caller. We'll talk about Caller Lab next time. I will we'll be at Caller Lab in about two weeks um, for the convention. So we'll uh, we'll talk about some stuff afterwards and uh, have some after party stuff. Anything else you can think of right now, Tony? Oh, we just come back. We'll do it again. I'd love to do this thing again. This was this All was right, fun. Brother. This was fun. Tony, it's great talking to you, man. And um, if I don't talk to you before, I'll see you in about two weeks. Right, so, um, for everybody that's watching, I appreciate you listening in. I hope you get a lot out of this. This was a, a, a great thing for me tonight. Um, all my podcasts, I get to talk to friends of mine. Uh, so if you can, YouTube, Spotify, like, follow, subscribe, all that. Um, so we've got a lot of callers coming out. This video will be out after Caller Lab. So um, thanks for watching. Tony, again, my brother, it's great talking to you. Yeah, I'll talk you to you soon. Yes, sir. What if I mess it up, Charlie? Old ladies chain across the rain. Turn your girl. Chain the lady home you whirl. And you circle the wild Now well at that corner We were on that rig I was a young troubadour Swing that girly promenade I'll be an old troubadour